Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's over. Hello, everybody. Steve Politi from NJ Advance Media. Welcome back to the Rutgers Rant. It's over. Joined by James Kratz, Keith Sargent. If I haven't mentioned already, the Chris Ash era is over. It's incredible. And, you know, we're, we have a lot of time, literally months, to discuss what's going to come next. We're going to get into it. Uh, it's, and I, I just want, you know, we'll get all the coaching candidates. We'll, we'll do that a million times. Uh, fellas, I just have to start here because... We just need to acknowledge what a remarkable thing this is for Rutgers, for a place that has for so long done things on the cheap and has put off the inevitable and couldn't scrape together, you know, the, the loose change necessary to buy out Kyle Flood uh, in 2013. It's just, I mean, the, the set of circumstances for this place to fire a coach in late September owing him $8.5 million. I, you know, it's just an astounding Rutgers looks more like Auburn than it does Rutgers. Now, Sarge, I want to, I want you to start here. And I know this, you, you could spend an hour just talking about this period, but what happened in the, over the last 48 hours to get us to this point? Well, to, to, just to piggyback off what you just said, how unprecedented this is. I mean, I'm doing some of the research now, but like the last time it really happened where a, a college football coach was fired in season for just being bad, no scandal, might be Elaine Kiffin in 2013. I mean, that it just is. Wow. Uh, we talked about this. There was in a past. scandal there too, dude. That was not just he. He wanted to get out. He of was bad. Yeah, yeah, he was just bad. But yeah. it, this doesn't happen. And we've talked about this before. It's college football. The pros, you if you want to cut bait after four games, fine. College football, you generally you know let it play out the season. Uh, very rare. What happened? I just think that, uh, you know, the plan was all along, uh, from what I've been told, was, you know, they're going to get halfway through the season, six games, uh, that would be after Indiana, and then evaluate it from there. And then by then, if they were sitting at one and five, maybe even two and four, they wouldn't know where the season was going because you have November and, and you know, all the, the, the gauntlet that, that, that waits in November. Right. Um, I just think that the 52 nothing game, uh, against the, you know, how non competitive, you know, and I wrote about it, like the, it, it just uh, proved once and for all, they are not a Big Ten caliber team. They have not scored a point in two Big Ten games, let alone been competitive. I just think it was j- jarring. And again, like I said, I think it, the, the initial plan was, you know, six games, get, get to Indiana right before homecoming, uh, evaluated then. But I just think that, you know, at this point, they're not competitive. Pat Hobbs, the, the key thing that he said was progress, significant prog- progress. 
very interesting to note that in a statement, he mentioned the word progress and said that they weren't making the progress that he, that he had hoped. And, you know, it's surprising four games in unprecedented, but you know, that's basically what happened. Pratch, you, were you surprised? I was surprised that they, it happened this early. I always thought, and I'm not trying to take credit, but I always said, even when we were talking behind the scenes, just the three of us, that I always thought Maryland would be the breaking point because you'd be one and four at that point. You, the bowl, the path to a bowl would be cut off. But I applaud Pat Hobbs for doing, I mean, he made the right move. I think at this point, donors, boosters, fans, they were tired of looking at Chris Ash. Yeah, yeah. And his program was going absolutely nowhere. Uh, it, it just, it was time for him to move on. It was, there was no way possible that he was ever going to fix this himself. I guess you I say, at that he, point, you just got to let go. He said he made the right move. I, I guess, and I asked him point blank about this, but if you're going to make this move in September, you should have made it in, in December. Well, and I, I agree with that. No, he, he should have, yes, he should have fired Chris after last season. Right. But uh, yeah. he at least fixed the problem relatively early in this season. Right. Uh, when did you guys know? And this is, a, this is a question I was thinking about. Like, what was your first inkling that Ash wasn't the guy? And I, I come back to this, and this is early on. I'm certainly I didn't write it at the, at the time. But yeah, they had a press conference introducing the assistant coaches uh, after he got here, the first round of, of coaches he brought in. And I remember thinking at the time, Man, he is just not – he is paying no mind to the fact that this university is in, in New Jersey. And, and it, it just struck me that the staffing there was was a mistake. And we kind of had a hunch early on it was a mistake. That might have been the moment that I knew, all right, this guy is not, you know, right for this job. Sarge, was there a moment early on that you kind of had a hunch that, okay, this is not going to work out well? Not early on, I will say. Uh, you know, they were four and eight. You know, in 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 year year two, um, mm-hmm. going into year three, the moment was. I'll, I'll go back to uh, July of of uh, last summer um, when you know, we 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 uh, found out and we uh, we broke the news on the uh, credit card yeah. uh, stuff that eight players were involved and it, you know relatively eight players who would have helped la- last season. That would have, you know, obviously helped the defense, the back end of the defense. When that happened, for for two reasons. One, I knew it was going to impact depth. And that was the one thing that all along you knew that they didn't have Big Ten level depth. You take eight players away, particularly from one position group, I knew that was going to impact it there. And then the other thing was from the culture shifting stuff that everything that Chris Ash had tried to implement, all of a sudden it became hollow in in some ways. And we've talked about the credit card thing before. Like in, in so many ways, that was, you know, not something that Chris Ash had any control over. Like he's not in their dorm rooms twenty four seven. You know that there was, uh, he, but it was just from a standpoint that um, you knew that, you know, and now he has that on his resume. Now all of a sudden he, he's going to lack depth. That's probably when I knew, and then it was became proven by by how the season played out. Crash, you made a great point on Twitter now, and I, I think there's good. There's already been some revisionist history about well, it's a hard job. He inherited a bad situation. You know, let's be clear on this. No one had more resources than Chris Ash. No one asked for more and got it than Chris Ash. I mean, the, the, you know, the practice fields, the weight room, the locker room on the $650,000 you know, assistant salaries. I mean, it, on nutrition program and give you 10 things he demanded and got and did nothing with it. I mean, I guess that, you know, when you look at the history of Chris Ash, that's going to be part of it. No, definitely. Um, for me, I obviously did not cover his entire career here like, like you guys did. When they lost to Kansas and he got in the press conference, it was kind of cavalier, like, well, oh, we're rebuilding. What do you expect? Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just kind of like, 
no. Like <laughs> one of the things I, I always felt about Chris was he didn't seem to understand that he coached a horrific football team in the state of New Jersey. <laughs> and that people are not gonna like, you know, oh go get him next time, coach. It's a hard like no. <laughs> you coach a bad football team in New Jersey, like you're gonna like, people are gonna ask you tough questions. They're gonna write negative things because that's what it calls for. Right. Um and for me, when they went to Wisconsin last season, um, you know, having a, a, a bad year, you had the Isaiah Bullock stuff early in that week. You, you get to Wisconsin and you've got a Badgers team that wasn't terribly good, but they're still Wisconsin. You're in Camp Randall Stadium. I think Isaiah, uh, you know, excuse me, Saquon Hampton had two picks in the first half. You have that team on the ropes. You have a fourth and seven on their 44 right before the first half. You're getting the ball to start the second half. You had a chance to score there and essentially take a lead on Wisconsin in their own building in the second half and what would have been a, a program-changing win in every which way. That was not a very good Wisconsin team. And he punts. Yeah. Yep. Just and at this point, I was like, this guy doesn't get that. Like, it's not Ohio State. He doesn't have the talent. Like, he, he has to do something to change the narrative. And it was just also little stuff. Like, I don't want to hammer him too much because I will say this. I agree with what Pat Hobbs said. I do think there's a very good chance Chris will be a head coach again someday. Not necessarily the Big Ten, but, you know, a group of five school, a Mac school, an FCS school. And I think he'll have success because I think if he's in a program that I think is in the Midwest, I think he'd have a lot more success. I think this wasn't a good fit for him. Right. I do think there's, you know, when Ben McAdoo got fired for the Giants, I'm like, this guy might ne never work again. There's a good head coach somewhere inside Chris Ash, and I think that he'll get a second chance down the road. Because look, I think he's going to be a defensive coordinator in a top twenty-five program next season. Right, right. You know, he's he knows what he, he knows how to coach defense. So and it was just little stuff, like you know, when the field hockey team makes the NCAA tournament for the first time in you know thirty years, you should congratulate Meredith Civico at your Monday press conference. You should right. show up to the AP Center opening, like. The APC opening, like he, he, this that little stuff. He just never seemed very comfortable yeah. being the head coach of the program. All right, we got a new head coach, interim head coach, Nunzio Campanile. Uh, you know, and it's just amazing too to think that you got a Big Ten program that you know now is turning to a guy who was preparing to play Hackensack a couple of years, two years ago. I mean, that's the reality now. I mean, it, I mean, I'm not saying anything wrong with. Him. I think he's a a bright young coach. He did really well at his press conference today, but. You know, now you are saying, all right, this is, we need Nunzio Campanile not only to hold this program together, but to coach the offense because you fired John McNulty too. Uh, it, it is a big ask for him. Sarge, you were at the press conference today. I mean, what, 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 you know, what did you think about the, the, the answers he gave to the hard questions? Well, from, uh, I think he won the press conference, which is hard yeah. to do when, when, and when, 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 when you're four games into it and you're talking about a one and three program. And I think he, he, he handled himself well. Um, I think from a Rutgers insider standpoint, they're hoping that he can catch lightning in a bottle. The safer choice would have been John McNulty. And we, I'm sure we could talk about John McNulty and, and, and what happened with him um, right. in a few. The safer choice would have been John, John McNulty, maybe even Andy Boo, their play callers, um, or even Pete Rosamondo, who, who you know a couple months ago was a head coach you know, at Central Connecticut State. Those would have been safer choices. This one is a outside-the-box, catch lightning in a yep. bottle, you know, a guy who was, uh, you know, known as an innovative uh, coach, at, albeit at the high school level, ran a, you know, a, a, a spread offense that maybe, you know, will, will reinvigorate the team. You know, it's an outside-the-box type move. 
you know, I, from, from, from that standpoint, I applaud it. Yeah. He, I mean, he always, I will say this at Bergen Catholic, he always had better talent though. I mean, he's, he's in a situation now where he doesn't have that. I mean, the offense has been, been a hot mess, zero points in, in big 10 games. I mean, it's been a hot mess from, for, since Chris Ash got here. Is there, I mean, what is the hope for the final eight games, Cratch? I mean, just like what, you know, is there something that can be gained here or are we just really just waiting until, you know, until the white smoke from Pat Hop's office comes out and we find out the new coaches? I think the hope for the final eight games is excite the fan base, mm-hmm. shot in the arm, get people, you know, supporting the kids, supporting the university, excited about the program again. You know, obviously be a good steward, you know, make sure this doesn't become a, a mess, but they got eight games left. I think a good goal for Nunzio would be beat Liberty, win one Big Ten game. Right, right. All right. So I know the only thing anybody wants to talk about <laughs> is who the next coach is going to be. Uh, you know, I wrote a column. I mean, I think it echoed what I get the sense that half the fan base agrees with me and half the fan base wants to kill me for writing it, that we need that it needs to be. Uh, Greg Schiano, and there's, there's there's four reasons why. Right off the bat, you get you get interest in season tickets, you get recruiting stabilized, you get just cred- credibility, a jolt of you know excitement from the fans. I mean, there's just there's just reasons to do this. Let's dive into true or false. I've got a special edition of true or false, the coaching candidate true or false this week. I've asked this question on Twitter to everyone who emails me about Greg Schiano. I just put it to him this way. I just say, it, give me a better. And a real, a better realistic option. In other words, a better option is Urban Meyer. <laughs> a realistic option is not Urban Meyer, right? Like, um, you know, a realistic option is Lance Leopold. That's not a better option, the Buffalo Coach. So I got a list of true or falses for you. Uh, you can answer both true on better, true and false on better, and true or false and realistic on these names. Are you guys ready? Yep. Ready. All right. Butch Jones, better and realistic, true or false? Scratch. False. False on both? Uh, yes. False and J- J- false and realistic true. Okay. Jason Candle, a hot name, the Toledo coach. Better and realistic. Cratch. Definitely true and realistic. Better, I'm going to push till the end of the season. Okay. Sarge? Um, false on better. And true. Wow. Okay. Unrealistic. All right. Jeff Munkin, Army coach. Better and realistic. Cratch. True oh, and you, true. You really had to ask Cratch that. Like, come on. We couldn't skip that one. <laughs> I was going to save that for the end, but I just couldn't resist. What do you think? Sorry. Um, um, false and false. False, false. All right. Joe Moorhead, the Mississippi State coach, a Northeast guy. Better and realistic, Cratch. False that he's better, false that he's realistic. Really? Okay, I would go back to that one. Uh, Sarge? I'm going to piss off a lot of people. <laughs> Let's uh, <laughs> get, get back to clarify this at the end. I'll say true and false. Okay. True and false. Pat Narduzzi, the pit coach. Is he better and is he realistic? Cratch. Uh, false and true. Okay, interesting. All right. Sarge? False and true. Wow, okay. Rex Ryan, (laughs) better and realistic. Cratch. False and false. (laughs) Sarge? Wow, false and false. 
You'd be surprised how many times that name ends up in my inbox, guys. All right, Steve Adazio, is he better and is he realistic? Go, Cratch. Realistic, true, better, false. Yeah, same answer. Same answer. Al Golden, better and realistic? Sarge? Cratch? Who's going first? Cratch? I'm going to say false and false, but I'm higher on the Golden candidacy that doesn't exist than most would be. Okay. Yeah, I like Al Golden, to be honest with you. I, yeah, I think yeah. he's underrated from his Miami tenure. I know that I'm, I'm only supposed to say true or false, okay. but I'll say um, yeah. false, better, um, true, realistic. All right. Finally, Bo Pelini. Is he a better? Is he a more realistic option? Cratch. <laughs> I don't false that it's realistic, but actually I'm going to say true. <laughs> there you go. Oh, gosh. All right. What do you got? False what as you far as better and true i think he'd probably take it all right so that there, there's, there's the list i mean what am who am i missing in that list i guess it's the first question there's, there's some name a big name i didn't put on this when i was just sketching this out uh yeah i mean i i i, I you know talked about it and i just profiled a guy you know if you really want to think outside the box a guy who's done it who's in jersey right down the road i mean bob sarace of, of princeton um it's a big leap of course but uh, is he better, better yeah. I, I i i would Say that there's probably better names. Uh, he's realistic, probably. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Cratch. Anybody I miss? Uh, I don't believe so. No, no I, I'm, I'm going to pull up my list at the moment, but I think you got everybody. It goes, it, and it just goes back to what I, I, what I was thinking that it's really not a great. Can't, I mean, who knows? Again, you've got three months of the season. Someone could just take off and be, you know, the hot Mac, Mac coach of the week. But, you know, and I've seen a lot of lesser names, you know, Eastern Michigan guy, a couple other guys' names have popped up. But, I mean, people have floating names like Jim Leffitt out there who had to Google to just see where he was, the former USF coach. I mean, just, just kind of crazy season. Uh, you know, let's go back to a couple of these names on this list because I do think the one, if it's, Je- if it's Joe Moorhead, I, that he's the one name where I am ready to say, it's better. And I, I think it's better just because he's an offensive guy and this, this program really could use someone, you know, on that side of the ball just to give this, give it the offense just a vision. Just, you know, it hasn't had that in years. It's just, you know, finally someone can come in here and put a stamp on it in that way. But I don't think it's realistic that he's going to leave Mississippi State unless something, you know, bad happens down there. Um, what other names came up? You said no. You both were you both were down on on Pat Narduzzi and uh, Adazio. Is that is that my sense? Uh, well, I'll, I'll answer that first. First on on Moorhead, I, I'll clarify. I said false on realistic. I think there there's a chance. I yeah. mean, he's uh, a Pittsburgh guy who you know spent a lot of time at Fordham. Um, so New York, um, you know, there's always a chance that he wants to come back. You know, yeah. SEC, Mississippi State, you're never going to 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 uh, overtake Alabama and Auburn and you know the tradition. Yeah. You know, so maybe you know there's a chance that he wants to get back home. Uh, so I'll, I'll amend my answer as far as I'll say true on both. Um, and the reason why I say true, like you said, from an offensive standpoint, they are historically bad offense. I mean, yeah. a, a historically bad college football o- offense. And from that standpoint, Greg's a defensive guy. He had some from, uh, you know, just his tenure, you know, he had uh, some some challenges from, from an offensive standpoint. Um, that's the only reason why I say true. For, yeah, I think in some – maybe Greg has a plan. But, you know, he's been out, out, out for a while. Maybe he has a plan to, that is going to fix the offense. Um, you know, I'm not discounting that. But I just think that, that they need to solve the offense once for, for all. My Narduzzi uh, statement, again – 
I just think, you know, I, he's very similar to Greg, both defensive guys. I think I'd rather have Greg Schiano. Yeah. Cratch, any other names you want to revisit really quick? Um, I'll save my monk and stuff for NJ.com later in the week. <laughs> and it's going to be, uh, I mean, it's going to be might not even write it. You might be, yeah. be Jeff Monken's, um, uh, Monken's agent at that point. <laughs> exactly. That's true. That's true. Uh, Jason Candle to me is interesting. I know everyone's high on him. They score a lot of points at Toledo. They just beat BYU this weekend, although beating BYU isn't really what it used to be. Right. Um, it's a good win. My thing is, he took over from Matt Campbell, who's obviously at Iowa State, and you could maybe throw him on this list because I think how you know I think there's a natural ceiling at Iowa State, and he's probably hit it. But I think he's a guy when the Cleveland Browns are were interested in you, you're probably thinking bigger than Rutgers. Yeah, of course. Um, he went 21 and seven his first two seasons after taking over Campbell, won the MAC. They went seven and six last year. They're three and one this year. If they go nine and three this year, ten and two, I'd be like, okay, great, consider Jason Candle. But if they go seven six again, I'm not. He's a guy who's from Ohio, played in Ohio, like he's never left the state of Ohio in his life. Right. So I just think that you need to be very careful about hiring another Chris Ash like coach. But this guy just happens to score a lot of points because their defense has been kind of bad too. They give up 30, 40 points a lot at Toledo. So I think you got to be careful about that as well. Right. Right. All right. We have a new feature here, a new, new, new weekly feature that to the end of the season, we're calling it the Greg Schiano rumor of the week. Uh, and it seems like, I don't know. I mean, that was amazing. And I, I was out in Las Vegas and trying to, my head was spinning already from, for many reasons, trying to catch up with what was going on. But uh, when the news broke, there were like seven things on the, you know, on the internet that were just like, Oh my God, that's not true. Uh, so Kratz, this is your weekly feature. Yeah, what is what in your mind? What is the 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 hottest of hot takes? Greg Schiano rumors of the week this week that Greg Schiano left Ohio State a month later and decided to join in principle the New England Patriots, and then a month after that told Bill Belichick he was leaving to prepare because he was guaranteed <laughs> to be the next Rutgers coach yeah. at a date to be determined when Chris Ash was fired. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, that's just a lot. That's a lot going on there. That's you know? incredible. Like, I know people. People wanted Ash fired in November of 2018. I think they would have sent the bat signal to Greg before he agreed to go coach for Bill Belichick. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and, the, and to do that to all people, Belichick. I don't know why people can't just accept the fact the guy had family issues. I think he just his daughter was back in Columbus, and she she was she gave him ultimatum. You, you, you know, I'm not going to move, or you know, something happened that he just decided that family put family before I me. Mean, Guys always been like that. So, uh, Sarge, what, yeah, what plus are your his, thoughts? His, you know, his two sons who are, are playing college football, and maybe you wanted to see them play, right. play their final co college football season. Um, that, that, that rumor could not be more false. You know, Pat Hobbs went out of his way to, to say that there are reports out there that <laughs> yeah. he has not talked to anyone. Could not be more false. And look, I mean, there's going to be a lot, a silly season, as as Crash likes to say. You know, there 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 have already been have been stuff, you know, that, that have been floated about other things about the process that the decision was made two weeks ago. It was not. <laughs> this was something that happened Saturday night. Uh, the the decision, and then you know, obviously, you know, it was finalized on Sunday. This was not a decision that was made two weeks ago, and uh, you know, the Shiana thing is just laughable. All right. All right. 
Project Text and guys, I think we saw the value of Project Text as this was going on. We added a bunch of subscribers based on the news. Uh, you know, nj.com slash text. It was broken. He sorry, sorry, broke this news on Project Text. Uh, very important. Uh, you know, it's just a great place to get your news. Hope you can sign up because you're going to want it during the coaching search. Uh, and also we just got me the great questions. We're going to answer a bunch of them more than we possibly can answer this week, unfortunately, but uh, let's get into them. Okay. I'm curious about what constitutes success now. How many wins do they need? If success is playing the game the right way, were they not doing that? That's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, what, you know, if you're, and, 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 you know, <laughs> Pat Hobbs said a couple words today that I think you love today, Cratch. He said that success should be the Rose Bowl. Is that exactly. right? Is that right? Yes. I mean, I've been waiting for this ever since I got on the beat. And I think I've written this before. That was today was the first day when Pat Hoff said, I want to win a Big Ten championship. I want to go to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. It was the first time since I've been covering Rutgers that someone has articulated an actual goal for the football program. Right. Every other program, you know, Steve Peichel wants to go to the NCAA tournament. Scott Goodell wanted national champions. Chris Ash talked about the plan and the process and, and improvement and, and building. And it was like, he wouldn't even say like, yes, I would like to win this football game in five days. Yeah. Like he wouldn't even go that far. So finally, someone at Rutgers says, this is the goal. This is what we're striving for. Do I think it's going to happen anytime soon? No. But finally, someone has said, this is what we want to accomplish. This is what we are striving for. Because just talking about a plan that no one seems to know what it is did not work. All right. The next one. Uh, What are five or so mistakes that the next head coach must avoid in order to be more successful than Ash was, I think you know the list could be longer than five, Sarge. But I mean, give me, give me, a, give me a few that are just at the absolute I'll give you top the of that. First list. two is one: the staff has to be yeah. a home run, and it has to have a lot oh, loaded yeah, with with, 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 with uh, jersey ties. It has to be, and as I, I know for a fact from talking to Pat Hobbs and other people, you know, behind the scenes, that you know that a staff is going to be you know number one. That's going to be maybe Hobbs's number one question when when he goes through it. Number two. Kind of uh, similar, but you know you're going to have to ha- resonate with the high school coaches and you know in the state. It just it's the only way to get it done. It's going to take. It, it took Greg Ciano a long time to get the top ten kids in the state. So you don't need to get all the top ten guys. You need to get one or two probably on an annual basis, and then you need to get the next wave. Chris Ash couldn't do it. Kyle Flood couldn't do it toward the end of his tenure. Those are the two things that stand out. Right. All right. This is another one for you, Sarge. I think what is the, will the timing of the new president have a negative effect on the head coaching opening as a candidate will care a lot about who the president is and whether or not they're a supporter of athletics. I mean, the first thing I'll say, I think, you know, whoever it is will be more supportive of athletics than Robert Barchi. But is that a thing? I mean, if you're a guy who has options, you're going to look at that. Absolutely. I think it'll be a question that the coach, you know, whoever the coach is, is going to want to know, ask. But, um, I do think that, you know, you have an AD who has, you know, clearly at least, you know, has, you know, seems to ha- have have a lot of say in a lot of things, seems to be pretty confident in, in his ability to, to lead. So you have that, that that going for you. I don't think it's a factor. I'll be honest. Every, everybody who I've talked to, I've asked that question. They've all downplayed it, saying that Barchi's here long enough or, or he'll be able to meet meet the person. I don't think we're going to see a radical change as far as, you know, the next president. I think they're going to have similar ideals. Um, and yeah, I would just argue from the, from the standpoint that, that with, with Barchi and athletics, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, we, we, we've talked about this before. There's probably for another podcast down the line, but yeah, I think he failed miserably in keeping Julie Herman for as long as he did. 
in the last couple of years, he's rubber stamped almost everything. They built buildings. You know, he, he's opened up the checkbook. Uh, he didn't balk at you know yep. at the eight point four seven million dollars. Um, I think from from that standpoint, Barchi's been pretty good from athletics. And I'll say that I don't think the next president is going the, the the uncertainty with the president. I don't think it has any impact whatsoever. Hey, before we move on to the next one, who's where are they getting that money from? It's a great question. Because um, <laughs> I, I, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of well off people who didn't. Not want Chris Ash to be football. I'll say this. I mean, you, you've heard this for years. That's always been all oh, well coaches. Well, you know, Julie Herman tried to pass a hat like you know after the you know during the South Florida game in yes. in, in uh, you know 2011. So and that, that never happened. Donors, boosters, you know, want to put uh, uh, their names on buildings. They don't want to put their names on 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 severance packages. That's not what they want to do. Um, you know, right. From, from, I think Rutgers is going to have to say this is the cost of doing business, and you have to fix football. We reported the numbers on, on attendance. We reported the numbers on on what it means from donations are down and all and all that. The only way to fix it is by winning in football. The only way to win in football is by paying market rates for a Big Ten coach, which is over three million dollars. You're paying Chris Ash two point three this season. You're going to have to go over three. My understanding is, is they're going to be try, try to be competitive as far as their the Big Ten peers. Right. All right. Next question from uh, from the Project Text uh, Rutgers Insider thing. Do you, do you think Nunzio lets Langdon start the rest of the year, and do they let them throw Johnny Langdon? Obviously, was his quarterback at Bergen Catholic. Uh, you know, we asked him about that today. Cratch. His answer was Art's the guy, but there are eight games. I mean, you know, what do you think? Is are we going to see a new quarterback before this is over? As long as Art keeps playing the way he has the last two weeks, I think it's kind of been the underrated story with this team. Yeah. You know, Art seems to have maybe kind of turned the corner and figured this out a little bit. I think we'll see more of Langan in packages, um, but I don't think that Langan is going to overtake Art unless Art starts to falter or if he gets injured. Um, the other question I think we got was how many players do we think will, will transfer, decommit, out now that Ash is gone? Uh, I asked Nunzio today. He said, as of now, uh, you know, no one has left or entered the transfer portal, um, which you're seeing around the country. Like some players at four games are saying, okay, like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm done for the rest of the year to reassess my options. Uh, so far hasn't been anything. I mean, but I would expect there's always turnover when it, when a new coach comes in, especially if it's an outside hire. Yeah. How many got me? How many guys realistically would you be concerned about? Blackshear, Pacheco, Avery Young. I mean, get, would, you know, the number is not. Art, there's no, yeah, Art definitely on the list, but the number's not ten, is it? <laughs> I mean, so just being realistic, how many guys uh, would no, they be worried? You're right. You're, you're right. It's probably about ten. There, yeah. we can add it all up later. Yeah. All right. Uh, another question, just about: Do you think a coach can be hired mid-season? And if he does, can he start recruiting and preparing for next season? Have any other teams done things like that? Uh, Sarge, I. I don't, I don't, can't think of one. Uh, it doesn't seem like that. That's the direction that, that, uh, Pat Hobbs is going to go in. Could he go in that direction though? Are there rules against it? I mean, what, what is the, what yeah, there's the no process? rules. I mean, you know, could he? Yes, he could. I mean, if it was going to be, the only person I could think of is Shiano, maybe Bush Jones, who is a, I guess he's a quality control or like he's not, uh, you know, at Alabama. Uh, yeah. so maybe those would be the, would be the only two. But could he? Yes. But will he? No. Um, he's going to give Nunzio. Uh, he's going to give him the entire the entire season to to, to uh, show what he can do. 
And that segues right into the last one we've got here. Uh, on the crazy end of the spectrum, what does Nunzio need to do to get the job long term? And I, I mean, again, I've said it already. Just I, I don't know the guy. I think he's going to be a great young coach. I just can't imagine he would be a realistic candidate based on his limited experience. Cratch, do you disagree? I, I mean, I think it's going to be very difficult for him to get the job long term. If to offer a crazy answer to a crazy question, I would say he needs to go four and four. Um, minimize the blowouts. I think you can get away with getting blown out by Ohio State. Everything else is going to have to be competitive. Um, I think he needs to would probably need to beat one of those final three teams, Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan State. And also what Sarge said, um, the staff. I mean, if he goes to Pat and has success and says, I'm going to bring my brother Anthony home, I can get Jim Panagos back. I can maybe you know suck it up and hire Chris Partridge. I can bring this guy in. Then I think maybe that helps him get the job. Yeah, I mean, Sorry. I think that's a big thing to staff. I think recruiting is a big thing. I mean, there's, you know, recruits out there. I mean, you know, he, he uh, from my understanding, yeah. he's gotten a good uh, uh, percentage of, of the recruits in this current class. Can he, can he uh, close the deal with some other Jersey guys who are out there? Um, that's going to be a big thing. And then obviously winning. I mean, you know, can they, can they win four, five, five games, uh, you know, the rest of the way? Um, I think you know those are the three things that that, that will give him a, real, a realistic chance. All right, finally, our prediction. Holy crap, they're playing a game. We haven't mentioned it yet, but on Saturday there's going to be a football game in Piscataway. How about that, guys? I mean, that kind of got overlooked here. Let me just check my notes. Uh, it appears they're playing the University of Maryland. How about that? Coming in here after their own fifty-nine nothing loss to Penn State. Um, I mean, not that it really matters anymore, but you know, I, this is, this is going to be a, a real test here. Does the, you know, does Nunzio's appointment, does the firing of Chris Ash, does it give this team a jolt? And I think we're going to find out pretty quickly against, you know, a Maryland team I think is, is, is without question more talented, uh, but you know, not any more, not any better. Um, so Cratch, you got a prediction? What do you think is going to happen? Wow, I haven't even thought about this. <laughs> no, um, my thing with Maryland is that we saw it last year, and it's a little bit different. Like they just they've got a lot of athletes and kind of guys who can do things in space on offense, and that's been a real issue for this Rutgers defense. Although maybe Andy Boo will actually dial up some pressures and some blitzes. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I think that's a big thing too. What is the defense going to look like post Chris Ash? I will say I think Maryland wins the game, but I will say I think it's a spirited fight from the Scarlet Knights. Um, I, 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 haven't, I don't even know what the line is, um, so I can't make a cover or not cover prediction at this point. But I, I, think, I think the team will play well. I do think they will respond, but I just think Maryland is probably a little bit better at this point. All right. Sarge, what do you think? I picked Rutgers to beat Maryland before the year, so um, – yeah, sort of I. I mean, I, I, there's no truth to the rumor that I'm going to appeal to, to try to get that, that, that prediction scrub, that podcast scrub, by the way, because my, my prediction at the beginning. <laughs> um, I think Maryland's going to win. Um, but I do, I agree. I think that, that we'll, we'll see a good effort. Um, it's always intriguing to see, you know, the, the type of, you know, jolt that it, it provides. I think Maryland's going to win um, 2013. <laughs> 2013. All right. So let's, well, I just looked up the line. Uh, what do you want to play? You want to play guests? Want to play the guest again? This is like the ratings that Mike and the Mad Dog used to do. <laughs> what do you think? The, what do you think the line is on, on this game? Cratch, what do you got? <sighs> 12 and a half points, Maryland favorite. All right. Sorry, you're going over or under. Uh, under. 
14 and a half Maryland favorite. Ooh. Wow. That is something else. Uh, and I guess that just, that they did start out the game, uh, the season outscoring their first two opponents 142 to 20. Yeah. And I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with you guys too. I think Maryland's probably going to win this by about that margin. Uh, and it just comes back to, you know, just I, there's so much, you know, so much upheaval in this program. Uh, they haven't been able to, you know, connect on a lot of things in the past, and, you know, in, you know, in the offense, they haven't scored a point yet. Uh, the defense, it's just, just getting worn out. You know, I just think it's going to be a really long, hard slog to the end for this team without many opportunities to win. So I'm going to go, you know, Maryland uh, 31 to uh, 14 kind of range. All right, guys, that was a pretty good, that was a pretty chock full podcast. Do we have anything else we want to talk about before we, before we say goodbye? Oh, oh, oh. I mean, we're going to have yeah, eight weeks of this. Say, so. And you probably heard my phone buzzing, but that was uh, a, a top <laughs> Rutgers official calling. So I took all of my might not to, uh, to, to disconnect from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. We caught it. I would have just been sitting there going, uh, and Sarge? I, uh, I could have put it on speakerphone if you wanted. But I don't know if you would have appreciated it. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> what about you, Cratch? Any final thoughts? Uh, no, no, no. We no. got two months of this, man. Two months of this. Buckle up. The coaching search from hell begins today. Steve Politi, James Cratch, Keith Sargent, and his cell phone signing off. And we'll be back after the Maryland game to have the same exact conversation again. Thanks for listening.